Grizzly B is this week's B&E guest, and we had a lot of fun. She just so happens to be the talent director at Goodby, Silverstein, and Partners over in San Francisco. Leslie's been doing her job for a good amount of time now and is no stranger to spotting fantastic talent. So we went straight into it. We talk internship and job search advice for you. Goodby is a big time agency, as you should be aware of, so we don't waste any time. We talk about what she loves to see when she's looking for talent and what makes her turn away instantly. Insights from a talent director are tremendous and will help you directly on your break-in plan. She runs the internship program and she hosts office hours to which anyone can go and speak with her. And she's a great person overall. And before we started, she mentioned that she wanted to help this audience find jobs they love. And that's what we talk about. So to see her recommended resources and to find the link to her office hours, head to our Instagram account at entering ad one more time at entering ad and now on with the show this is the breaking and entering advertising podcast and as usual i'm your accomplice gino schomburg kick it mikey leslie b Welcome to the B and E podcast. How's it going? Very well. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming on. This is going to be awesome. Leslie, you are the director of talent at Goodby Silverstein and Partners. Am I right on that? Yes, you are. What does the director of talent do in general? So, and just to be clear, I'm not the only director of talent. There are two okay. of us. So um, I hire basically all the non-creative positions at the agency. Um, at this point in my career, I at one point did also hire creative, but there's someone else who does that now. And so it's my fun job. It's my rare and awesome pleasure to go out into the market and find amazingly talented people to come and join us at the agency. And then I also help sort of um, manage the employee journey as we talk about it. So you know, you come in the door, I deal with things like onboarding and how people progress in the agency. I also manage the agency's intern and apprentice program and I'm part of the learning and development team. So in a way, this makes you one of the most perfect guests ever because our podcast is here to help people get into great agencies and also to keep them there or to help them thrive. That second part, I kind of forget to talk about sometimes. So I do want to get into that. Once you get into a great agency, how do you stick there? And how do you how do you maintain a long career that's successful? So I think we've we're talking before, and this is gonna be fun. Goodby is a great agency. I don't think anybody can deny that because you're you're in the San Francisco. I know you're virtual now, but the San Francisco headquarter. Yeah, so we have a big office in San Francisco, and then we have another office, small office in New York. Um, that's what we look like today. We've had over the years, we've had offices in Detroit. We had a small office in London. We had an office in Sydney. We kind of, we morph as our clients need us to morph, but right now it's San Francisco and New York. And yes, we are all virtual right now. Any plans to go back in office that you can share? 
Yeah, so our president announced a week ago that we will head back uh, most likely September 7th, so the day after Labor Day. Okay. Very nice. Optional? I, you know, that I don't know, like mm. uh, the specifics around that. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't have that that intel. I'm just curious for myself. Um, all right. And tell us a, a brief history on Goodby. What, what makes you guys so successful? How about the founders? There might be even a master class uh, taught by uh, Jeff and Rich. Yeah. Jeff so, and Rich. so yeah. So Jeff and Rich started the agency back in 1983. Um, they're still very much involved. Uh, Rich is like this never aging, amazing energy filled individual. They're both uber talented. Um, and yes, they were honored um, by Masterclass in the fall of 2019. They uh, were recorded in the agency. They did a, a series for Masterclass, which has been um, amazing. A lot of people find us through that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, despite the fact that we've been around for a while, we were just named Campaign Agency's Agency of the Year in 2020. And then um, Fast Company named us the most innovative agency in the country and like the 68th most innovative company in the world really? just in the last month. Yeah. Which is congratulations. I mean, yeah, I know such an honor and so amazing. And particularly because we have been around for a while, but we keep reinventing ourselves ourselves, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, sometimes you get some of these older traditional, you think ad agencies, I won't say names of other ones, but they kind of slow down or there's a lot of red tape in them and their creativity kind of lacks. They might get bought up by a large holding company and things kind of go downhill. How have you guys been able to like abstain from that and, and for really combat that for creativity? Yeah. So, I mean, we were, we were purchased by Omnicom back in 92. So we've actually mm -hmm. been part of a holding company for a lot of years, but Omnicom sure. is smart enough to recognize that we were, really successful and they have been for the most part really hands-off which has been great and then we are a super people-centric place like we are um really supportive as an environment for our employees for the most part um and we're really open to new ideas and sort of uh innovating so you know often what i do when i'm asked this question is i sort of say look at the work that we've done you know five years ago and look at the work that we're doing now and you can see how radically different it is. And we just keep evolving as the world is evolving around us, as our clients' needs have changed. Um, so, and then we're, you know, I also joke, like we're wildly optimistic. Like we feel like we can solve any problem. And then we're also wildly insecure and because we always feel like, oh, it could be so much better, you know? So, um, which, which is, it's a really great thing to work there because we are, always iterating. There's always um, work in the halls. If, if you get to be in the halls, that's inspiring. People are always noodling mm -hmm. on things. Um, we're just, you know, there, there's this thing that has gone around the agency that the good is the enemy of the great. And so we're, we're often just, we push ourselves to try to do and be better um, all the time. So uh, yeah. How many people work at Goodby? Silver Student Partners. 410. Hmm. How many of those people did you hire? <laughs> so I have been at the agency for a really long time. And 
in fact, um, I haven't counted how many, but I can tell you that there are eight partners right now, Jeff and Richard, two of them, mm -hmm. and I helped hire four of the other six. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I've been around a while. And then all the people in between. <laughs> How many? So you are you doing the interviews? Are you recruiting? I, I where where do you fit in the process? Whether it's a entry level applicant or a partner or somebody that's you know a super senior person. Yeah, no, I'm sort of the first first person you'll meet. So you can be a department head, a group director, um, or an intern, and I'm the person you're going to meet hmm. first. Yeah, all the time. There's no, you don't have like an assistant or anybody below you that's gonna be. You, you don't ever take a couple of days off. Like I don't really feel like it. <laughs> for the most part, it's me. Yes, I do take time off, but yeah, for the most part, it's me. And I, you know, I I love what I do and have a lot of fun getting to know people in the course of an interview. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I what, I, I love it. You do not use the traditionally non-creative roles. So account, strategy, uh, what else am I hitting? What else do I so missing? So any admin, production, I'm, you know, strategy is, is several different disciplines. So I do brand strat, analytics, research, comm strat, social, digital. So yeah. I, there's what a questions are you asking in these interviews? Like what, what do you, what are your, what's a good way? I mean, is it just one interview give you a pretty good grip on somebody? Or are you are you doing multiple interviews, or does it go up the ladder or down or whatever? What's that situation like? So, well, first of all, depends on the role, obviously. But um, I often will make someone do some level of work um, before I'll actually meet them. So, say you're applying for an entry level account role, and you look good on paper, and your LinkedIn looks good. I will mm -hmm. send you. I've created a questionnaire that I will send, and it asks a variety of questions around. Anything from, you know, what's a great ad that you've seen and why did you think it was great and when did you see it? Okay, that's not you, too bad. No. That, that's manageable. Not, no, and the questions aren't meant to be bad, you know, they're meant no. to be they're meant to be fun because okay. they're meant to actually that whole questionnaire is meant to kind of reflect who we are as a company. So it's it's fun, it's a little challenging, it's a little self-reflective. One mm -hmm. of the questions is what's the last new thing you tried? and why um i i do a little like chop challenge where i ask you to create i give you three random items and i ask you to create something from it and tell me a little story about it so by the time i get that um i have a pretty good sense of how you think kind of who you are a little bit and how you write and so then i take that information and then we just have a conversation um particularly mm -hmm. if it's an account role because I mean, A, we're, we're a communications company, so I want to get how you are one-on-one. -on -one. We're about building relationships with our clients and internally, so I, I kind of want to get a sense of that. For strategy roles, I might give you a prompt about a brand um, and ask you to try to think about different ways that the brand might turn itself around or reposition itself. Um, so it really depends on the opportunity that you're applying for. But yeah, I am usually the first person you will talk to, and because I usually ask you to do some work before we meet, mm -hmm. I the questions I ask then are usually going to be around those things. Like I want right. to dive into, like, ooh, you went skydiving last week. Why, you know? And interesting. Yeah, you got to figure out, and, and it, you you figured it out. Uh, to interview somebody, it, it's important to understand how somebody thinks. 
and how they get to that process or their what their process is. So that's huge. Um, and that's not intimidating at all. I thought that was going to be a lot. I thought that would have been a lot tougher, but no, well, like math problems or, you know, some of those companies that send out those practical, like general, like ACT, SAT question applications. They do that. People no, do that. no, I mean, like Google used to ask the question, like how many golf balls would, or ping pong balls would fit into a school bus. Yeah, right, yeah, school bus. Or whatever yeah, it is, yeah. So, we will, I mean, we will, if there's a, like analytics and Comstrat, there are, I think, seven word problems that um, go along with the questionnaire that one of our group strategy directors came up with. Um, okay. Because you have to be able to do the work. Like you have to know Excel mm -hmm. and you have to be comfortable with numbers. But no, for the most part, the questionnaire is is meant to be, yeah, fun and thoughtful. And you know what, for your college grad or recent um, or a college student audience, mm -hmm. the best homework that you can do, in my opinion, for an interview is really be thinking a lot about yourself and kind of what you want to do, why you want to do it, why you think you'd be good at it. For sure, you want to have a great answer for, you know, so what are you doing here today? Like, why am I talking to you today, Gina? That, like that mm -hmm. question, that's a question Rich Silverstein will ask anybody in an interview. You know, why are you in my office today? Why do you want to work here? And and he throws it out in that yeah. kind of a manner. So you don't want to be like, well, uh, you know, you want to mm -hmm. actually feel comfortable with that and be able to answer that question in a way that feels authentic and real to you, but also feels genuine and passionate and all the right things. So, oh, that's the best, though. That's the best question when you're when you especially on the other side, when you're when you're preparing and you get the opportunity to answer that question, you've done the hard the hard part's done, really. When, well, you're you, the when you're there answering the question, why are you here? That's, that's down, like that's downhill. Like you've already done the hard part. So how do we get people to get in the room to answer the question or virtually? That's my question to you. Like, what are those necessary steps beforehand? Like to get in the room? Well, there's, I mean, there's basic table stakes stuff in my opinion. So it's like, obviously you have to have a really sharp, smart, well put together resume, right? It's one page, your college age person um it should be tailored there there can't be it can't be any of this like one size fits all for a resume mm -hmm. um, and particularly if you're applying to a company like ours which is in a you know we're a creative agency we're in a creative industry you can have it, it can have some personality but a tight well-crafted flawless resume is one thing mm -hmm. you want your linkedin to be you know, kind of a fuller version of that and really targeted as well. And you had asked me in advance, like, what are, um, what's one thing that somebody could do or one thing they should do to kind of stay abreast of what's happening mm -hmm. um, in the industry. And it's a little trick if you follow the company that you're interviewing with. Um, so, you know, you want to get into good beat, you follow, follow on and you can follow. There's a no, no, no limit to the number of agencies or companies that you can follow on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, but you show up. Like if I'm a recruiter and I go into LinkedIn and I'm searching for candidates, you actually get served up faster to me because you are you are considered a candidate more likely to want to be interested in the role because you're following us. So that's yeah. that's a simple thing. Um, wow. And all uh, on all, all channels too, you should be following. Just yeah, to stay. yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, social as well. You want to know what we're up to. You definitely want to read the trades. Yeah. 
as I said, you want to do Google alerts if you can. Um, but then in terms of other things that you can do, cover letters aren't mandatory for most places anymore. But if you write a really sharp cover letter, you can get yourself noticed in a way. And a sharp cover letter does not start with, hi, Leslie, I was really excited to see that you were looking for a fill in the blank. It's, mm. it's something that's much more anecdotal. It's beautifully written. It draws me in. Um, and then, yes, you want to network like crazy, as I, I'm sure some of your other guests have talked about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you work your friend network, your parents of friends, you know, friends of parents network, oh, yeah. alumni network, um, use your school's, um, you know, connections to try to get a foot in the door that way. Um, if you can in any way get someone within the company to present your resume to someone like me, that is absolutely a guaranteed way to get yourself seen and at least talk to whether or not they have an opening that's right for you is a different story but at least you get in front of the right people and it, it, it translates as well to the portfolio right resume portfolio um that i'm sure i'm not i don't have a portfolio um but that creative link whatever it is if you get that or the, the your creative counterpart gets that from somebody internally it's the same system right it's like another uh, referral it yeah, works just as yeah. well 100 percent. so yeah i mean usually we'll see portfolios for creatives as well as for strategists yeah not not really any other roles than those two but yeah absolutely this happens to me all the time where someone mm. will write me internally like hey i met this woman over coffee she was great here's her portfolio mm -hmm. i think she'd be interesting for you to talk to i don't know if we're hiring and and i absolutely follow up yeah amazing i think i'm calling it now i think in a couple of years from now it's gonna be more standard for even account management to have portfolios now yeah i mean i it's funny i i don't know i've seen that over the years um where i mean i've definitely had certain schools sort of require that account people put um portfolios together i guess yeah i mean i I, could see. I just think they're going to catch on. Like we're going to start catching on like, Oh, if I don't have it, I feel like I'm behind. Not necessarily saying that you're going to require it. Right. But just that, that point. What about, what are your thoughts on portfolio schools? Oh, well, I mean, if you can like, afford them, I mean, I'm saying, do you go, if you're looking for an entry level role, are you going, where, where are you first looking? Like if you, you've got a, a bunch of people that want to work for you guys. So where do you kind of start that search? So from a, so, so a couple different things. So there are creative portfolio schools and then there are strategy portfolio schools. Yep. Um, uh, and both both sort of um, different, I don't know, avenues are great if you're a student there because they have a whole recruiting mechanism. They So they recruit out, right, on your behalf. So you're paying your tuition, you're working your butt off for however many weeks or months or years you get a really polished portfolio as a result. And then they in turn are shopping it for you. They're inviting recruiters in. They should be, yeah. Yeah, and and we, along with pretty much every other agency, we have relationships with those schools and we will absolutely go and go to the portfolio review sessions. You know, We've talked at the schools, we've had our CDs and our strategy leads talk at the schools. So we support the schools, um, but it's not a guarantee that we're gonna hire. You know, um, so it's always a personal decision. It's, I mean, it's, you know, I get asked this a lot, like, should I, you know, should I pay the money to go to X school? 
And it's like, can you afford it? And do you, do you really want to be out of the job market for that period of time? And it's always a trade and, yep. you know, and it's, it's, I mean, it's not a guarantee you'll get hired at a place like ours, but you'll get hired. I mean, you know, cause mm -hmm. you come out looking pretty polished. Yeah. You if you commit yourself to it and you're, you're putting in the real work. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. You, yeah. It will be fine. So, I mean, I, I just, it's such a personal decision and it's a financial decision. So, I mean, I personally think it would be a blast to spend nothing, but like to spend two years, like just, you know, mm -hmm. coming up with fun ideas and working with like-minded people and creating cool stuff. Yes. That environment where the, yeah. it's client, no offense, it's clientless. I mean, there, yeah. there's no, no yeah, it's carte blanche. You get to do whatever you want. It's not always clientless. Sometimes they do bring local clients in. But mm -hmm. anyway, I, I think it sounds like it would be a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a. Do you, do you have to be an advertising major? Uh, do you have to, you know, be a creative or a graphic designer in undergrad? What are you looking for? Um, or your what is your creative counterpart looking for when it comes to hiring people? So. Um, on, on my side, it's no, you don't have to be a marketing or an advertising major or even a communications major uh, to get a job. You don't have to have a gazillion internships under your belt. Um, what you do have to have is a good understanding of what you want and why and be able to articulate that well. So, you know, I love a former med student who suddenly has decided, you know, halfway through her senior year that she wants to go into marketing because she's wow. going to be super fascinating. You know, she'll be super interesting. She'll have great stories to tell. Her biology brain or her chemistry mm -hmm. brain or her pre-med brain applied to how and why brands work or don't work is really fascinating. And then, you know, if she has great communication skills and the ability to, um, you know, kind of wrap her curiosity around a business problem, yeah, I think she'd be a great hire. So um, I, don't, I don't look at... Um, I don't really care if you studied advertising, frankly. Hmm. I don't. I um I care about why you want to do what you want to do and how you've spent your time. Um, if you have an interesting story to tell, and if I believe you're sincere. Hmm. How often are you looking for like potential new hires? Is it is this like a majority of your job, or is it only like when a position opens up? What what's that like? Just from because I'm curious as you know what the eyes of my audience like is that what you're doing all day scavenging around for for talented people scavenging yeah i scavenge all around all the time no i um <laughs> you know there's certain so it depends so advertising is super super cyclical and we are a bellwether um industry right so in when covid hit we were one of the few agencies that didn't have layoffs immediately um mm -hmm. and we were able to you know kind of um keep everybody on staff. And then we started winning a ton of business. And, and then I was hiring like crazy. Um, in a normal year, you know, if we're just like, right now we're sort of just humming along. I, I'm talking to universities all the time. So this week I'm talking to two different schools. Next week I'm talking to two different schools and I have relationships with professors. They invite me in to come to talk to their mm -hmm. classes. And, and I'm always looking for talent that way. Um, so, and, and it's kind of a constant thing. Like if you think about account management, we have 25 assistant account managers or account coordinators at the agency. 
And that's a lot of people who are always on the move. They're, you know, they're getting promoted, you know, sometimes they're deciding after two years to go to grad school. So I'm always looking at that level. Um, and, and I'm meeting with department heads on a regular basis to sort of plan as people are getting promoted or as we're growing or expanding, you know, where I'm going to need to hire. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty much always looking for great talent. I mean, well, that's interesting. Cause it, I mean, that, that lo- entry level spot probably moves around quite a bit, whether, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, um, there's, there's a lot of motion in that lower level. Interesting. Oh, yeah. you, do you know Anna Araujo? Oh, yes, I do. And you she, know her because of what, Mate? She, she was on this podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's yeah. actually moving to the Bay Area next week. She's coming with wow. her mom to finally find an apartment. But yeah, wow. I met her through Mate, which and she- oh, On that program, we've a lot of my podcast guests are alumni, alumnus of that program. Yeah. It's a fantastic program. So, and we've been supporting it for years and last year, you know, it was so touch and go as to whether or not they were going to do anything, but we were able to sponsor a couple labs. I met Anna because her team was, had done some work for this project we had put together mm-hmm. for me and she was just a badass. And so nice. I was excited yeah. that we got to hire her. Yeah. Go listen to that. If you're listening to this, go listen to Anna's episode after, awesome. but, but back, but back to you, Leslie, what are some like, uh, and I, I just, I'm just curious uh this is fun (laughs) i get to interview an interviewer that that doesn't happen very often uh what's your biggest pet peeve what's like a red flag on a resume or when you get on the interview what it like somebody's phone rings during interview probably not no not great um sorry about that that was the other director of talent just calling me. Get her on speakerphone or him on speakerphone. <laughs> um, but so for sure, a red flag on a resume, you can have, you know, you can have 900 things right and one thing wrong. If you have anything wrong on your resume. What does wrong mean? Like a typo? Typo, even a formatting issue, a date issue. Um, oh, come on. You, get, you don't give like one or two freebies on it? And you know why, do you know, it's so, so much of what we do is under really tight timelines and mm-hmm. you know, with really demanding clients who need things in a hurry. And if under no pressure, you can't give me a document that's flawless, then how yeah. am I going to know that under pressure you're going to, you know, I wouldn't trust that you would be able to get something to a client that's not going to be full mm-hmm. of mistakes. So yeah, no, we, your resume, there's, um, there's no excuse for that. And then um, I think, I mean, I think the basic stuff you, you, you want to have covered, like you want to know the who, what, when, why, and how about everything on your resume. So if I ask you like, wow, how'd you get that job? Or, you know, what'd you do during that particular time? Or what was the most interesting thing about the last position you held? Like that kind of thing shouldn't throw you. Um, so Cause that's like, again, it's gimme stuff. It's like the basic mm-hmm. table stakes. Um, so I'm, I'm just thinking about this right now. I would flop an interview so hard because <laughs> you, when you're not in the mode and you're not in like career search mode and you're out of the game, I don't know. I feel like that'd be really tough. You got to well, prepare. Yeah, you do. You do want to prepare. Well, and this is the thing too. I, I try to try to um, say this a lot. You know, anytime you have an opportunity to talk to somebody like me or even somebody at a company, and particularly if it's a company you're interested in, 
be sure that your, you know, your stuff is tight. Like make sure that when you write your follow-up thank you email, which you absolutely need to do, that it's not full of typos and that you're not, you're not showing up lazy. And so you're done your homework. You have interesting things to ask. And it's not the basic question of like, so what do you like about the culture? It could be like, that is not an interesting question. Yeah. Um, so that's a good question that you've gotten. So what? I love the, I love the questions about challenges. Like, so, and it's, so for instance, I, I think I, I, yeah, I mentioned that we won fast company, um, named us the most innovative ad agency in the country. And so an interesting question would be like, so I saw that Fast Company named you guys the most interesting, you know, or most innovative ad agency in the country. What are you doing next? Like, what are the next challenges that you guys are gonna face? So that kind of a question shows like, okay, so he's clearly, or she's clearly done her homework. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking like, okay, yeah, because once you're named the most innovative agency, then what? You know, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What kinds of things do your clients want to see from you now? Or, you know, questions around culture in the agency, you know, how we respond to things or how we want to respond to things. Um, I like those kinds of, you know, sorry, that's my cat. Um, challenges, that kind of thing. So um, those are good questions to ask. Questions that are thoughtful, that show you've done your homework. Um, and I like questions that I get to play with, too, you know, that... Mm -hmm that I can have like a back and forth with the candidate if they're fun. Yeah. Interesting. Not even one, like two typos. You can't have one typo on a resume. I've probably got like 12 on mine. So well, you can fix that. So, I mean, you know, show your resume to 20 different people, make sure your friends read it. Who wants to read a resume? None of my friends want to read my resume. So make a trade. Say, look, I'll read yours if you read mine. But yeah, you absolutely, you hand in a, a resume with a typo, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Don't even bother. Um, what about like when people LinkedIn message you, reach out, connect, and you they're obviously not in your network? Like, how do you handle that? Is so it hard I, to? Yeah, I, I get a ton of those. And so you did this, right? And but you had a very specific request, and that's my advice to um, you know if you're a college senior, right? And you're trying to informational interview because you're trying to figure out what what agency you want to work for, what career path makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Ask really like ask for a short amount of time, and ask like I have I need five minutes. I'm hoping for five minutes of your time. I have just three questions I want to ask. Something really precise very thoughtful and short is easy to say yes to yeah. those open-ended, like I'd love to buy you a virtual coffee sometime. Like those requests are really easy to ignore. I, right. I, I don't have that kind of time. So. Right. And a, a, a tip would be, it only will take 10 minutes. I only need five minutes. And then once you get on the phone, you could take it, take as long as you need. I mean, still be mindful, but you're on the phone. So right. like you're gonna hang up in five minutes on this on the on the dot. Well, you don't want to. You want to be. You want to be prepared. You want to be charming. You mm. want to be respectful. Of and course. so, if you ask somebody for five minutes, um, I would say do yourself a favor and stick to the five minutes. <laughs> the other trick point. too is to show up with something. So, so much of the interview process is, you know, help me, help me, help me, and 
I've had um, candidates say like one of the best things they've done is if they see an interesting article about something, like they're really into, you know, advertising in Scandinavia and they found this really cool spot and they send it to me and they say, hey, I saw this thing. I don't know if you've seen it. It's really cool. I want to see what's really cool. So I love it when someone does that. And even as a follow up, like, hey, we talked about, you know, new technologies and advertising. I saw this example of an ad out of Japan that I thought was really cool that maybe you'd enjoy. That's a really smart thing to do. You will be remembered favorably if you bring something of value to the person that you're interviewing with. And it doesn't have to be just the recruiter. It could be whoever, your mom's friend who happens to work in an agency. If you show up with something thoughtful and interesting, that's a good thing. Yeah. I want to get to know about the internship program. So and that whole fun stuff. How is that going? I mean, you, you said you run that or you, you're a manager of that? Yeah. So, um, well, last year was our first year doing it virtually. We'll do it virtually sure. again this year. Okay. So we um, are big supporters of MAPE, as we talked about. There's another program mm -hmm. through the AEF called NAID that we also support. Um, and then we also support the San Francisco Unified School District. Um, so we have high school students come in with college students and we put together usually a six to 10 week program where we are asking these um, brilliant students to do research around um, topics that our clients are curious about. They wanna know what Gen Z thinks about, you know, sort of fill in the blank. Last year, it was things like social media and privacy. Oh. Um, what, do, what do Gen Z think about rebellion? Um, questions around TikTok, social influencers, cancel culture. So, um, and it's fun. So the interns go out, they do research. I meet with them with my colleague Vince every morning um, and we um, sort of guide them along through the process. And through the course of the internship, they basically are creating a campaign that yeah. um, solves the, the, the prompt that they've chosen. So it's on top of uh, like their day-to-day, -day, like their, like if, they're in a account intern. It, yes, it can yeah. be. So like we have a MAPE intern coming in Comstrat, um, our communication strategy department this summer. She will do the intern project and she will also be part yeah, of the Comstrat team. So that's a good, um, that's the best internship combo. I, yeah. I, I had that when I was interning too, and they flew us out to New York for publicists and they, they flew us out and like for the competition. So, and when you can find an internship, just like you're explaining that has your day-to-day, -day, you're learning, you're doing your job, you're on the team, you're, they treat you as an equal. And then they also have a, a, a outside project where you're teaming up with other interns and doing that. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. And we had a blast last summer. We were so unsure how it was going to go, but I think mm -hmm. it was my favorite summer running the program was doing it virtually. And maybe because we were all so unsure about how it was going to go, but we all had a blast. It was really fun program our program is small um so it's already full this year we yeah it's late right now april yeah. it's right around when it fills up yeah so um we've had big programs and one year i think i had 26 students um which was kind of crazy but uh last summer we were seven this year i think we're gonna be eight so and now would this be in the san francisco office if it were to be in person absolutely yeah it'll mm -hmm. be here Gotcha. Interesting. So that's all full. And you gotta be quick. When did that uh when did you start looking for people for that for so, next year? So people well, know. So 
yeah, fe- January, February. And again, mm-hmm. because we partner with the programs like MAPE, MAPE's timing is set for us. So, you know, we mm-hmm. picked up MAPE interns on February, I think it was 10th this year. It's a crazy process. But yeah, so all that was done pretty early on in the year. And then because we try to make our internships meaningful, we sort of wait a little bit too, because we want to make sure that there's enough work that's going to be relevant and interesting for the interns to work on. Um, uh, so, you know, we don't want to, if we're quiet, we don't want to have a bunch of interns sitting around with nothing to do. That's not fun. And so um, we also just wait to make sure we have enough meaningful work for them to do. So, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Any other tips or things on your mind or anything written down that you really wanted to get out that we didn't cover? Well, so I've thought a bit about like what makes somebody stand out, like sort of regardless of discipline. And there's a thing that we tend to look for when we're hiring juniors. And it's, I I guess the, the best way I can refer to it is fearlessness. So there's sort of this quality of you know, I'm, I'm young. I, I don't know any better. I, I kind of want to learn everything. And, you know, they come into the agency and they're not afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to throw out ideas. They're not afraid to go into people's office and introduce themselves. They're not afraid to jump in on any project. And those are the interns that tend to have a really rich and meaningful experience and often get asked back or, you know, cause oh, they, nice. Because they, they end up being, um, they end up being, they become invaluable, like, and there's an energy around that. Mm-hmm. And um, so that I would say, you know, is a, is a quality, if you, you know, to try not, to lean into. Not easy to do. No, not easy. Is, no. And, but there's a thing too. It's like, you know, there's a, if you, if you get the pleasure to watch Rich and Jeff's masterclass, one of the things Rich says in it is he talks about how insecure everybody is. And he said, you know, even, even like the biggest leaders, and I think he was talking about our former president, you know, are wildly insecure. And he he said, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay to be insecure, but, you know, try to overcome that and, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of put yourself out there. So I would say if you can, I mean, if, you know, if you're super excited about working at a place, you really want to work there, you think it's the place for you, you know, be brave, you know, don't be, don't be intimidated, you know, put yourself out there. You've got nothing to lose. Love that. I love that. And I think you guys probably do a great job of fostering an environment where people can and feel encouraged to be themselves and to step up and combat the imposter syndrome. Not all agencies do that. So I could already tell just talking with you that you've already done a great job facilitating that culture. So. Well, you're sweet to say that. Thank you. We try, but yeah, we try. Mm -hmm. Cool. And if anybody wanted to reach out to you, how do they do that? Don't do that. <laughs> well, LinkedIn, you know, and I, I, yeah, it's so funny. I've been doing, mm-hmm. well, first of all, do you know, I think I told you before we started talking, so there are off, you can sign up for my office hours. So I do this, Oh yes. Yeah. you know, once every, it's like once every three weeks now, I was doing it weekly, but you can come to our website. There's a place for you to sign up. Um, I try to do it with my colleague, Jill, who's been at the agency as long as I have, but most of the time she's too busy. So it's just usually me, but you can definitely um, meet up that way. They're an hour and a half. It's usually no more than 20 people at a time. And And what do you do? You just talk? Yeah. So they ask questions. So I ask them to send questions in in advance. And then we, we do a whole Q and a I've created you. I think I've seen this before. Where you promote the, who's promoted this? Now that I'm like thinking about it, have you, 
I, I don't know. I mean, it's on, our web, it's on our website. So, I mean, and there have yeah. been some professors who have talked about it um, to their students. So I, like hmm. last fall, I had a whole bunch of like University of Texas, Austin students, you know. Oh yeah, coming. they're good. So, but yeah, so that's one way is through that. And then I tell everybody about, you know, like send me a really tight request, you know, on LinkedIn, like five minutes, three questions. And no one ever has. I still get the- Really? The virtual coffee uh, so yeah you could try hitting me up what does that, that even thing. mean i'd love to buy you a virtual coffee i don't know they send me a gift how would you even there. execute on that like yeah, venmo like, or something I don't yeah know. starbucks gift card come on gina you can figure that out i don't know about all that <laughs> I've, I've been out of the game too long but this has been yeah. great well thank uh, you for having me this is fantastic hang on we'll talk after but this has been a great show well thanks i enjoyed it i really did Thank you all for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest. Make sure you go and connect with them on LinkedIn. Tell them that Breaking and Entering sent you. Now, thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio technician, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director, as well as the student team from the Midnight Oil Agency at the University of Illinois. Can't do it without you all. Thank you very much. We will see you all next week with another amazing guest.